Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls. We're back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And so I just felt led and compelled to come up on the podcast tonight. I could not put head to pillow before I get this out of my system. I can't tell you how distressing it is to me every time when I hear a teaching on the false doctrine of tithing and how these wolves in sheep clothing are putting God's people back up under the curse. They are trying to keep one of the 613 laws of Moses and people are failing. They are failing because you can't keep this law. So people are mad at God over tithing. People have been tithing for years. Some are poor. They can't afford to depart with a dollar but they give it to the so-called man of God, woman of God, and expecting God to give them money back. So when they don't receive their quote-unquote hundredfold return, people are mad at God when they should be mad at that apostate preacher. So... The same old question on the floor. Are we supposed to keep the law of Moses? No. No, we do not. Now, I can shut the podcast off right here and now. But we must get this understanding. And so, at the Holy Spirit wants me and many others to address this topic again, then so be it. I'm telling you, it boils me. Because 
when I was sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel, this was all that they talked about tithing and how you must have faith in God so that when you give up the money that you don't have, you don't have to stress about it because God said to test him. Test me in this and see when I open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out such a blessing because they love to twist and abuse Malachi 3. So before we get into it, because I got my hammer out because the church, we need to wake ourselves up and stop giving these thieves because that's what they are they are embezzlers stop giving them your hard-earned money under the false doctrine of tithing now look there is nothing wrong with giving okay because we see what is it second corinthians chapter 9 i believe where paul tells us how we are to give, we are to give cheerfully without compunction. We should not be, let me be nice, browbeat. We should not be bashed in the head to give to the church because the lights has to stay on. Somebody got to pay the mortgage. Somebody got to clean the place. Somebody has to pay the staff. Listen, we know it costs money to run a ministry. You don't have to lie to us. You don't have to lie on God. And you don't have to keep playing all of these head games to get the money. And the reason why they do all of this is because of their empires. So, before we get started, let us pray. Father, Heavenly Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we want you and we need you. Father, give us understanding once and for all. You gave that law to the children of Israel. You did not give it to the foreigners. You did not give it to the Gentiles. We in the body of Christ don't have to keep the law because Jesus, our Lord, your precious son, whom you sent from heaven to die on that cross for our sins he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law every jot and every tittle of it to absolute perfection. Father, teach us today. Teach us sound doctrine so that we don't heap upon ourselves teachers to itch and to scratch these ears of ours. That's all they want to do. And Father, may the body of Christ, may we never grow lukewarm. May we, may we never turn from sound doctrine. But sadly, you told us that there will come a time where people will not 
endure sound doctrine. Father, I hate to admit it, but there are some in the body of Christ that are running after mammon. They are greedy and covetous. They are looking at these false teachers as they build their empires, living lavishly, and they are lying on you, Father. These pastors, they are lying on you and duping and deceiving the people that you want us to be rich, how you want us to have our best lives ever. They're not teaching anything on repentance. They're not teaching on anything about hell and that if we don't stop it, we ain't going to make it. So, Father, today I pray. I pray for I pray for understanding. I pray that those who are covetous and looking to make a ton of money, may they repent. Because, Father, we were there. My hand is raised. Father, no longer are we to be led astray by these wolves and sheep clothing. Give us understanding, Father. Give us discernment so that when we hear what is false, we don't follow that voice at all. And Father, I pray that your will be done in my life. I pray that your will be done for the body of Christ and for this earth. Father, thank you. Through my Lord Jesus, I give you thanks, Father. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom and clarity. And may the Holy Spirit move on me. May our eyes be opened to the truth in your word. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, folks, absolutely not do we have to keep the laws of Moses. 613 of them laws were given to the children of Israel. And I can't seem to understand why we are even trying to keep something that has a curse attached to it. That if you try to keep even one, you must keep them all the scripture because we opening up the bible tonight the scriptures are clear if you keep one you must keep them all and guess what folks you have to keep it the way israel had to keep them meaning there must be a priest on hand from the levitical tribe you must have um a physical temple and you must have some some land where you are growing crops and grains and vegetables and you must get your hands on some unblemished animals to be sacrificed to have their throats slit 
okay? And you got to keep it. And not only that, there are some other articles that need to be had when you do these sacrifices. And nope, you can't say, well, we don't have to do it like that. That was the Old Testament. Exactly. Exactly. So, and because of false teachings and manipulation, head games from false apostate lying teachers, people are mad at God because he had not given them the money they had sown and tied to the man of God. Yeah, folks, let us not be mistaken. I'm going to try with everything within me to just stick to my notes and we can get through this. Amen? Okay. Let us not be mistaken. Those who try to keep the law of Moses are under God's curse. Listen, we ain't got no business messing around with that law. What are we doing? Because Christ has set us free. Church, we got to wake up. These wolves and sheep clothing sole purpose in your life is to depart you from your money. Yes, I said it. The apostate preacher, pastor, bishop, self-appointed apostle, Lion, prophet, and prophetess have all been lying on God for years with this false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed for your needs. Folks, they have been toting about this false doctrine for years. It's being handed down from church generation to church generation. Listen, they are condemned if they don't stop it and repent. Listen, it is through this false doctrine of tithing that these apostates have built their mega empires amassing huge bank accounts, multi-million dollar homes, luxury vehicles, lavish vacations and shopping sprees at the finest outlets, million dollar jets, paying their children's tuitions all on the back of God's people. Folks, they are putting you back up under God's curse over a dime. 10% of a dollar. They are these that are liars. They are liars, folks. Listen, they have lied on God, telling the people that if they sow money, money seeds, and they love to twist the parable of the sower. Listen, the seed in that parable is the word of God. They have twisted that 
to mean sowing money. Where, where in that parable can they even get that? When it tells us, it it interprets itself. It tells us what that seed is. It is the word of God that when the word of God goes forth, some it may fall on rocky soil, some it may fall by the wayside, some it may fall on good soil. And how a person receives that is where we get the some 30, some 60, some 100 fold, and they will run with the gospel. But at no time, it, listen, right, Holy Spirit, it must take a depraved and corrupt mind to come up with the concept of taking the word of God and making it, it to be money. Folks, listen. God never said anything about if you give him money, he will give it back to you. There is nowhere, nowhere in the Bible. Like I said, they have lied on God telling people that if you don't tithe that 10%, you are under God's curse and how you are robbing him of his tithes and offerings. By these false doctrines and traditions of men, they make the word of God of no effect. They keep your eyes on that money tree. Oh, yes, they do. They are having you worship and serve the money demon god little g mammon they cause you to become covetous greedy despising the poor and needy because they indoctrinate you not to become one of the poor and that because of your lack of faith in God, you will be stricken with poverty. Why? Because you're too scared to give up that money. So folks, this is dangerous. That is why many people are mad at God because they have yet to see that money being returned to them. Many are faithful tithers because they are waiting on it's like lotto to them it's like well i'm gonna give god some money and then i know as long as i pray hard enough come next month i could put this money right back in the bank but that money never comes your bills don't get paid your, your house get foreclosed on. Your lights get shut off. The cable gets turned off. Meanwhile, your pastor, the one whom you idolize, and that if anybody tries to tell you he's a wolf and you go off on them instead of going off on him, you sit back 
And now you're mad at God. You're mad at God because that pastor, oh, his lights will never be turned off. Oh, that mortgage gets paid faithfully every month. He ain't never got to worry about his cable being turned off. But you, who are tithing faithfully, because not, not so that you can help the ministry as they serve the community, because they really don't. And what little that they do is only for show, okay? You sitting back you sitting back with next to nothing in the bank and you are still waiting on God to give you that money all the while the money folks it ain't coming this is a false doctrine listen what was I saying since they have yet to see that return on their money because they they are faithful tithers they are shaking their fists at god demanding him to keep his word a word that was never given to the gentiles in the first place listen these false teachers have for so long twisted the scriptures that the people actually believe that God will open up that window of heaven and pour them out a blessing that they won't even have room enough for. That's because these wolves in sheep's clothing have twisted and abused Malachi 3. Listen, first of all, the book of Malachi was talking about the sin of the priest. Okay. It was talking about the sin of the priest and about how they, they were robbing God in tithes and offerings. God was not, God was not, God was not addressing Gentiles, us. Over here in the body of Christ. He wasn't even addressing Israel. But corrupt priests. Who were presenting. And, and offering up defiled food. Upon God's altar. They were despising his name. They were presenting these blind and lame and sick animals a sacrifice because only animals without defects or any flaws that you can discern were to be offered as sacrifices they were not doing this God said to them in chapter 1 verse 14 because for the life of me alright because since we never truly studied this out in context. For the life of me, how could this book be possibly a blessing, a money blessing? Okay, how when we have verses like 
chapter 1, verse 14, look at what God is saying to these corrupt priests. Look, he says, but cursed is the swindler. The swindler who has a male in his flock and vows to offer it but sacrifices to the Lord a blemished or diseased thing. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be reverently and greatly feared among the nations. Amen. So listen, the priests were not having a good day when the prophet was telling them all what God wanted them to know. Listen, they love to twist Malachi 3, 9 through 10, saying that how we have been robbing God, we are under God's curse, but that if we bring all the tithes into the church, because the scripture says storehouse, and we know there are no storehouses unless that preacher has a temple somewhere in the back and that he is from the tribe of Levi and he has an, an altar to accept a unblemished animal to slit its throat, we should not be bringing tithes to no mere mortal man. Not under this new covenant, we're not. Listen, and this is why, okay? This is why if we read the book of Malachi for ourselves to get the full context it will expose just how much of a liar these false teachers truly are. And this is how they have shipwrecked many people's faith in God, leaving them to stress. So where's the return, God? Listen, can't we see? We must open up our eyes, folks, because you have people today fighting fighting to keep on tithing listen we get it you want to help the church you want to help that man of God that you love so much in his mission work okay well then give cheerfully don't let it be under the premise of trying to keep this tithe as a requirement and condition for you to be made right with God. Listen, if the Holy Spirit put, puts it on your heart to give a 10%, then give that. If he puts on your heart to give 5%, well, then give that. If he says, send them $75, well, then do that, but don't let it be a requirement that you feel in your heart that if you don't tithe, you are stressed out for the week. You thinking a curse is coming upon you. So when you drive into work and your car breaks down, the first mental head game 
that's going to run through your brain is, oh, see, that's because I didn't tithe. Because that's the indoctrination. They put it out there that these things happen in your life is because you are not a faithful tither. Listen, this is a business strategy for these folks. Listen. This is how they have shipwrecked many people's lives. And we can see just how damnable that prosperity gospel is. Can't we see how the love of money is being embedded into the hearts of God's people? Listen, because we finna crack open the Bible tonight. So go grab them. Grab your journals, your papers, your pens. Listen, if you got to write these scriptures on the wall, once and for all, we have to put this to bed and move on. Listen, we get it. You want to give and then people are saying, okay, well, then if I'm not tithing, well, then what do I do with this 10%? Listen, I'm quite sure in everyone's neighborhood, there is a low income area. If you if you see like a single mom in the street struggling with some kids, you may want to slip her a couple of dollars. I don't know. Pray, pray to God and he will direct you what to do with the money. Now, if you want to give it to the church, by all means, give it what I'm trying to convey is that don't let them put you back up under the old testament that if you don't tithe then you are then you are under god's curse and that is a lie that's all i'm trying to say i would never tell anybody Don't give money. Listen, if you want to empty out your whole bank account and that's what you believe God has led you to do, then by all means do it. But don't be duped. Don't be taken advantage of. That's why we must study and and present ourselves to God so that we can rightly, rightly, Folks, Paul said in Timothy and first, no, yeah, first Timothy six verses three through 10. And this is the Amplified. If anyone, hold on, let me take some water and calm down because I can't, I can't wrap my head around why would anyone intentionally because you can't tell me they don't know this they went to that damnable seminary school okay they have a bible just like the rest of us and you mean to tell me that they haven't read these scriptures that i'm about to lay out thank you holy spirit that the holy spirit is about to lay out to god's people And for them to intentionally, on purpose, twist it. Because all you got to do is read the book of Malachi. It's only, what, four chapters? Or maybe three chapters? No, no, four. I believe four chapters. It's like a real short book. 
And if you read it, you will see that God is beyond upset with these priests. Listen, Paul was saying to Timothy over there in chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and with the doctrine and teaching which is in agreement with godliness, personal integrity, upright behavior, verse 4, he is conceited and woefully ignorant, understanding nothing. He has a morbid interest in controversial controversial questions and disputes about words which produces envy, quarrels, verbal abuse, evil suspicions, verse 5, and perpetual friction between men who are corrupted in mind and deprived of the truth who think. And this is where the whole crux of tonight's message is all about. Who think that godliness is a source of profit, a lucrative money-making business withdraw from them. Paul is like, if anybody is telling you that if you give God money, he will give it back to you. He said, withdraw yourself from them. Listen, this is a commandment. So any prosperity preacher, any new age, word of faith, Catholic, Mormon, Jehovah Witness, whatever. If any church is practicing the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed and making that a requirement of you, Paul said to withdraw yourself from them. Look, it says in verse 6, but godliness actually is a source of great gain when accompanied by contentment, that contentment which comes from a sense of inner confidence based on the sufficiency of God. Verse 7, for we have brought nothing into the world, so it is clear that we cannot take anything out of it either. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who are not financially ethical and crave to get rich, folks, listen to what Paul is telling us. Listen, stop fighting to hold on to something that was never given to you because you done fell in love with that man up there. Listen, but those who are not financially ethical and crave to get rich with a compulsive, a compulsive, greedy longing for wealth. This is what the Bible is saying about that pastor. Now listen, fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge 
people into ruin and destruction leading to personal misery. Listen, they are telling, Paul is saying that these people are so corrupt that they have this longing to be rich that basically they don't, they don't care because for the love of money, they plunge people. They plunge people into ruin and destruction, leading to personal misery. And that is why people are mad at God. Listen, verse 10 says it all. For the love of money, that is the greedy desire for it and the, willing, and the willingness to gain it unethically, is a root of all sorts of evil and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves through and through with many sorrows folks all we have to do is just read these scriptures and we will not be deceived listen We get it. You want to be in fellowship. We all do. That's a good thing. The Bible tells us don't forsake that. Don't forsake the meeting around together. It doesn't say that it has to be in a brick and mortar building with this, this charlatan duping you out of your money, lying on God, saying that how God is saying that you are robbing him. And then they have your turn, like they had me turn to Malachi chapter 3, thinking that God is talking to me, making me feel guilty that if I don't give up the money that I really don't have, but I'm learning to love money now because that's all y'all talk about. And y'all keep pointing to y'all's empires and that one day we too can have the mansion and the Lear jet, which ain't happening, okay? And we too can have the millions in the banks. That ain't happening not by robbing God's people is not. Listen. Second Peter 2. <laughs> I love Second Peter 2. Verses 2 to 3. Listen, I am not making this stuff up. Yes, I'm upset. Yes, I have this righteous indignation going on tonight because I have had it. I have had it. Why? Are they doing this? Well, I know why, because Second Peter 2 tells us why. Look, it, talking about the dangers of false teachers. Verse 2 to 3 says, But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will, they will cleverly teach destructive heresies. And even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Look at what their greed is getting them. Look, verse 2. Many, that's us, the many, 
who foolishly will, it says, many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, these teachers, these false teachers, because of them, the way of truth will be slandered in their greed. That's the bottom line. In their greed, they will make up. They will make up. Listen, this is Bible. This is not Cynthia on yet another rant about these charlatans. I'm reading scriptures. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. Amen. Folks, listen. Let's get back to the rudiment of it all. Through Christ Jesus. We were rescued from the penalty of not being able to keep all the 613 laws of Moses. Christ nailed them to the cross. Colossians 2 verses 13 to 14 says, You were dead in sins and your sinful desires were not yet cut away. Then he gave you a share in the very life of Christ, for he forgave all your sins and blotted out the charges proved against you, the list of his commandments, talking about the law, which you had not obeyed. He took this list of sins and destroyed it by nailing it to Christ's cross. Amen. Listen, Jesus said, okay, because this is for all of the Torah keepers, all of the legalists, just like them Pharisees way back when, tried to convince you that we must keep the law, that how we must continue to Sabbath keep, tithing, following the Ten Commandments as if these things will make us right with God. Folks, listen. If you want to set aside a day for you, you have purpose in your heart that you're going to set aside a particular day, whether it be a Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or whatever day it is to worship the Lord, then so be it. No one is saying that you can't do that all again. All that I'm trying to say that if you do these things looking to be made right with God, then you are under the old covenant. You are back over there in the laws of Moses and you can't keep Sabbath correctly because these things have sacrifices attached to them uh, to them, and you can't get away with, oh, well, we don't have to keep it like that anymore because this is the 21st century. Oh, no, 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 no. Israel couldn't take any shortcuts 
one makes you think you can take a shortcut because Jesus says that you would not be greater than your master. So if Jesus had to keep it exactly that way, then guess what? We too have to keep it exactly that way, but we don't have to. Now, again, if you want to do those things, don't do it to make yourself right with God. That's all I'm trying to say. Don't put yourself in a box that you must keep it. And this is what these Torah keepers are are saying. You must, because listen, and they love to use Matthew 5, 17 to 18, where Jesus said, do not, and this is the amplified, because see, I'm using the amplified to stretch out the meaning and the context of these scriptures so that we can have a full understanding. Amen. Glory be to God. Listen, Jesus said, and yes, he said this, okay, Torah keepers, do not think that I came to do away with or undo the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Verse 18, for I assure you and most solemnly say to you until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke of the pen will pass from the law until all things which is which it foreshadows are accomplished. And when was it accomplished? At the cross. Listen, Jesus does not say no part of the law will ever pass away. He says no part of it shall pass away until it is fulfilled. Fulfilled. He says, he says he came to do this very thing to fulfill it. So with his coming, the law has been fulfilled and has passed away. We now live under the law of Christ, not beneath the law of Moses. And how did Jesus fulfill all 613 laws of Moses by living a perfect and sinless life. Jesus was the only man on this earth to do that, to live a perfect and sinless life. So yes, he says he didn't come to do away with it, but to fulfill it. And he did. And he did. Listen, first things first, because Calm down. Everybody just calm down. Because I know those who want to keep on tithing and keeping the Ten Commandments and thinking that we have to do some of the law as well as be up under grace. Listen, folks. Let's interject some clarity into this lesson so we all can go to bed. Listen, first things first. Okay, Christ has liberated us from the bondage of the law of Moses. Exclamation point. 
God wants his people to know that Jesus has fulfilled the law on our behalf and rescued us from the penalty of not being able to keep all the law. Because we know what the scripture said. Paul says that if you keep one, you must keep them all. Listen, the Lord Jesus Christ has saved us from God's curse, which is his eternal damnation. Us, new covenant, born again believers in Christ are not commanded anywhere in the scriptures to do any parts of the law and that includes tithing keeping the sabbath or keeping the ten commandments or whatever else the law was not given to the gentiles that's us but to israel <clears throat> but to israel and Israel alone, they were the ones commanded to keep all 613 laws of Moses. Real quick, let's take a look at Deuteronomy 14.21 because it mentions about how the law wasn't for no one else but Israel. Listen to this. And this was a golden nugget. That the Holy Spirit led me to. Because I was already in Deuteronomy. Because I was doing some study. And I came across verse 21. And I'm like, look at there. It says, you shall, not, you shall not eat anything that dies on its own. Because this was one of the laws, right? You may give it to the stranger. Resident alien foreigner who is in your city gates so that he may eat it or you may sell it to a foreigner since they are not under God's law see see the law wasn't for everyone because here talking about something way different talking about um unclean and clean animals that they can eat because Moses was telling them he was giving them these laws and one of them was this law here in verse and in um uh, chapter 14 of Deuteronomy verse 21 look it says that since they are not under God's law but you are a people holy set apart to the Lord your God. You shall not boil a young goat or a lamb in its mother's milk. So this right here is letting us know that the law wasn't for the whole world. Not even foreigners, us, but for Israel. God, it says here, it says, but you, talking to Israel, are a people holy, set apart to the Lord your God. Amen. Listen, and furthermore, furthermore, 16 times in the Bible, the tithe, because that's what we were talking about, okay? And 
we we got into the law because tithing it it was one of the ceremonial laws and so 16 times in the bible the tithe was mandated by god by god to be only what fruit vegetables and clean animals never money never gold never silver or wages or anything else never no where nowhere in the bible did god ever transfer the ownership of the tithes the tithe from the levites to any self-proclaimed apostle or prophet or tv evangelist pastor bishop teacher church religious organization or anything else nowhere Folks, it is a sad state of affairs. And Paul warned Timothy of this. When he had said in 2 Timothy 4, 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they draw to themselves, heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto myth folks today people turn to teachers that will either condone their sin or don't preach on it at all because see that's my people that's the crux of the whole matter anyway everybody wants to be mad at god but no one is talking about the sin that they are in they are clutching and clenching their fists and teeth in anger at god for some money it it god is not the mafia Okay, he you don't have to pay him for protection. He is not the 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 gambler where this is not bingo. Folks, y'all sitting back being mad at God, but you're still in sin, though, like I was. Listen, we I got to put myself into this, too, because I was once here, too. We would we turn to these teachers that will either condone our sins or don't preach on it at all. And in return, they, like I did, will fall for the lies, these doctrines of devils and give these apostate preachers their money. That's what we did. And you want to know why we did this? out of ignorance and laziness and or laziness we did not read the bible for ourselves we didn't care or we were just too blind to see that we were being robbed and raped and fleeced listen as long as we could keep on sinning and just believe in jesus we would give them our tithes and offerings and 
don't bother us with sound doctrine because anything that was talking about repent if they ever talked about it okay and stop sinning for the most part did we really listen to those messages because it's like when you in sin the last thing you want to feel is the heat coming and so that's why we ran after teachers who were telling us that how God wants to bless you and that how he wants you to be rich. So here we go. And this is going to be the close. I'm going to let y'all go because it's, it, it's just time for some sound teaching because the facts of the case is this. As opposed to grace, the law is a curse upon all mankind, right? No one can possibly fulfill its requirements no one except jesus and that we know because while the law itself it is perfect and it is good and it is holy and it is righteous those who try to justify themselves before its holy author talking about god Bring not his grace, but his curse upon themselves. Folks, listen. I'm reading straight from the notes here. Listen. The Bible itself tells us what the curse of the law is in Galatians 3. Because see, all, listen, to be free from this false doctrine, many scriptures, but some that come to my mind is, Galatians chapter 2, 3, and 5, uh, Romans, what else? Colossians, Ephesians. All we got to do is study the New Testament from Matthew to Revelation. Just, just study the New Testament because Paul went through great lengths to explain in detail via the Holy Spirit, how we are not under the law of Moses. So, look, Galatians 3, 10 through 13 says, For all who depend on the law, seeking justification and salvation by obedience to the law and the observance of rituals are under a curse. These false teachers are putting you under a curse. They say that you yourself are putting yourself under God's curse by not tithing. Well, guess what? If you are tithing, you are under God's curse. Listen, the Bible is telling us right here. It says, um, by obedience to the law and the observance of rituals, are under a curse for it is written cursed condemned to destruction is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of book of the law paul is saying that if you if you do one you got to do them all you got to do them all listen he says Everyone who does not abide by all things written in the law, in the book of the law, so as to practice them, 
Now it is clear that no one is justified, that is declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing before God by the law. For the righteous, the just, the upright shall live by faith. Amen. We don't have to live by the law. It is by faith. Look, verse 12. But the law does not rest on or require faith. It has nothing to do with faith. But instead, the law says, He who practiced them, the things prescribed by the law, shall live by them instead of faith. So if you are tithing, my friend, Okay, you are not living by faith. You are now back up under the law. We got to wake up. Verse 13, Christ purchased our freedom. Christ purchased our freedom. Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation. How? By becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs crucified on a tree, cross. And we know Jesus died on the cross because we know what the gospel is. That Jesus died for our sins on the cross according to the scriptures. And he was buried. And on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead according to the scriptures. Jesus took on the curse for us. The scripture just said, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Did not Christ die on the cross for us? So he freed us from the penalty of not being able to keep the law. Listen, the Bible can't be clear enough, okay? It's just that we don't want to open our eyes up to it because we rather believe mere mortal, mere mortal men rather than God. Folks, let me see how much time I got left. Yeah, I'm running over. Come on. We, we, I, I got to finish this. I got to finish this because um, I have yet to get to these scriptures. Listen. Where was I? Hold on. Because my phone, my phone just tapped out on me. Hold on. Listen. Right. Because Paul was just finished telling us. That cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. What we must understand from this passage is that the curse is not the law. The curse is the penalty levied for not keeping the law. The book of the law refers to the covenant laws that God made with his people during the time of Moses. The law can point out where we fail and fall short of God's will, but it cannot pronounce us righteous. That was not its purpose. In Galatians 3, 
the Apostle Paul is telling us that everyone who does not keep the law perfectly is cursed by it. The reason is that no one can obey the law perfectly. Only Christ had. And we see in Deuteronomy 27, 26, cursed is he who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, keeping them, taking them to heart as the rule of his life. Amen. And all the people shall say, amen. Amen. And that's what we just saw in Galatians 3.10. Okay. We just saw what it had to say about it. In fact, there were over 600 laws, 613 to be exact. And the Jews had to keep, the Jews had to keep it in order to be right in God's eyes. But we know they didn't keep it. The breaking of even one commandment put a person under condemnation. Listen, trying to achieve salvation through obedience to the law is futile. Futile. Listen, the law demands perfection and impossibility because we were all sinful. We were all, all we got to do is look at Romans 3.10 and, and, verse, and verse 23. Listen, as a result, all who tried to live by the old law were under a divine curse. But the good news is that Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? By becoming a curse for us. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice on the cross when he bore God's curse. Paul explains how in his letter to the Romans, God presented Jesus as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did this to demonstrate his justice because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. And that's Romans 3, 25 to 26. Folks, the curse of the law fell on Christ on our behalf so that the righteousness of God could fall on us though we did not deserve it amen and we see that in 2nd Corinthians 5 21 because folks we are under the law of Christ we are we are under grace people faith we are under faith listen since Christ freed us from the bondage of the hundreds of commandments in the Old Testament, he instead calls on us to love. Mark 2, verse 28 to 31 says, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all of your soul 
and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment. There is no other commandment greater than these. Amen. And then another, what is it? I believe is in Matthew where where he says that all of the law hangs on those two commandments. Amen. So we see that these two commandments, not the 613 laws of Moses, but these two commandments are the core of the entire Old Testament law. All of the Old Testament law can be placed in the category of loving God and loving your neighbor. The law of Christ then is to love God with all of our being and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves, which is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Amen. Because right over here, like I was saying in Matthew, Matthew 22, 36 to 40 in verse 40 It says, on these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophets. So, in closing, I want to give us a few New Testament scriptures. Because the reason why I'm going through all of these scriptures, so that we can get it into our spirits once and for all. Let this dwell richly in your hearts the understanding so that we are not confused because we get confused when we are practicing any of those laws, especially the false doctrine of tithing and sowing seed as money to get money back from God. That's the problem. And so we need exhaustive teachings like this. Listen, These verses I'm going to give y'all comes from the Amplifier because we need to squeeze and milk the understanding. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Number one, Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law. Because, right, I wanted to say these These New Testament scriptures state that Jesus fulfilled the Old Testament law, bringing it to completion and conclusion. Romans 10, 4. For Christ is the end of the law. It leads to him and its purpose is fulfilled in him. For granting righteousness to everyone who believes in him as Savior. Amen. Number two, Galatians 3, 23 to 26 says, Now before now before faith came, we were kept in custody under the law perpetually, in, imprisoned in preparation for the faith that was destined to be revealed with the result that the law has become our tutor and our disciplinarian 
to guide us to Christ so that we may be justified, that is, declared free of the guilt of sin and its penalty and placed in right standing with God by faith. But now that faith has come, now that faith has come, we are no longer, we are no longer under the control and authority of a tutor and disciplinarian. Talking about the law of Moses. Verse 26, for you who are born again, have been reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, and are all children of God set apart for his purpose with full rights and privileges through faith, not through the law, not through working for your salvation, through faith in Christ Jesus. Number three. Ephesians 2.15, no, um, Ephesians 2.13 to actually, actually 19. Yep, listen, but now, excuse me, but now at this very moment in Christ Jesus, you were once very, so very far away from God, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace and our bond of unity. He who made both groups, Jews and Gentiles, into one body and broke down the barrier, the dividing wall of spiritual antagonism antagonism between us by abolishing in his own crucified flesh, the hostility caused by the law with its commandments contained in ordinances, which he satisfied so that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thereby establishing peace and that he might reconcile them both, Jew and Gentile, united in one body to God through the cross, thereby putting to death the hostility. Verse 17, and he came and preached the good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away and peace to those Jews who were near, for it is through him that we both have a direct way of approach and one spirit to the Father. Verse 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, outsiders without rights of citizenship, but you are fellow citizens, you are fellow citizens with the saints, God's people, and are members of God's household. Amen. Folks, I believe I have said enough because lastly, them Torah keepers love to scream. After you lay all of that out, 
all of it. The next thing they will say, oh, well, if you don't keep the Ten Commandments, then you are going to take God's grace as a license to sin. First of all, they need to stop it. They need to stop it. Second of all, we know not to do that. Look, things things have not changed since the Pharisees and the Jews who were crying this same old song ever since ever since the first century church started. Listen, for the follower of Christ, the avoidance of sin is to be accomplished out of love for God and love for others. Love is to be our motivation to stop sinning. Yep. So, I want to leave us with Galatians. And then that's it. Because anybody who have called on the name of Jesus, who wants to keep hanging on to the law, whether it be Sabbath keeping to make yourself right with God, keeping the Ten Commandments to make yourself right with God, tithing to make yourself right with God and to make sure you get some money back from God. Listen, it's just like a person who has been set free from jail but refuses to leave. Even though the judge has set you free, you want to hang on to the bars of the jail cell. The law does not make you right in the sight of God. Otherwise, Jesus died a horrific death for nothing. Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life and therefore has fulfilled I know I sound like a broken record. Has fulfilled all of the law. He fulfilled the whole law of Moses on your behalf. If you say you love Jesus, then why are you trying to stay stuck in the law that you cannot perform perfectly anyway? Amen. I'm going to leave you all with this. And then I'm going to say good night. Galatians 2, 16 to 21 says, You know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. Verse 20, my favorite. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith. Amen.
folks, we don't live life in this body by the law. Listen to what Paul is telling us. He says, but he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Amen. And amen and good night, Irene. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, oh Lord, thank you for this understanding tonight. Thank you for this teaching. Christ has set us free. He set us free from the penalty of not being able to keep this law. He kept it to absolute perfection on our behalf Jesus became a curse for us father thank you so much for sending Jesus we could not have possibly kept this law yes it is righteous and it is good and it is holy but it was never meant for us to be justified it is truly by faith father you gave these laws to israel you did not give it to us but father in our hearts we shall love you with everything within us and we shall love our neighbors as we love ourselves and in so doing the law is being kept because those two commandments that Christ Jesus has given us, all of the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. Father, we repent for any time that we try to keep this law, especially through the false doctrine of tithing. Have mercy on us. Forgive us, Father. We were not studying. We were, for the most part, in a lot of cases, we were in sin and we were ignorant. We were spoon-fed the garbage. We helped these apostate preachers build their empires. They, off the backs of your people, have amassed these huge fortunes from them for themselves. And if they don't repent, Father, your word is true, that they're condemnation will not be delayed thank you father for this word and i pray that today's lesson brought you glory father i pray that i did not miss any points and i believe that the holy spirit will continue to have your messengers teach this message often so that we never forget what christ has done for us and I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. 
that Jesus freed you from the law of Moses and that he died for your sins. And like the Bible says, bad company, because he was talking about these false teachers, corrupt good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning and turn back to God and henceforth walk in obedience no Torah keepers we don't take God's grace as a license to sin absolutely not and Lord willing I shall be speaking to you all soon bye for now guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye